Hello, students. You're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions. It's Wednesday, November 30th, the last day of November. And then it's Christmas time, Brother Wing. Are you already listening to Christmas music at the Wing House? We are not yet. Oh. It's a surprise because normally I have to fight fight off the Christmas attack too early. <laughs> um, I, I was not aware that you and the Grinch were... <laughs> Me and the Grinch uh, are aligned during November, and then we part ways on December first. Yeah, you you align yourself with the Grinch. That's great. That's super good. Well, Brother Wing, uh, this week we have a great question for answers in our, on our podcast for answers gospel questions. Our question today is submitted by a man named Habakkuk. So I'm not sure if actually it comes from the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk asked a great question, and we're going to explore this question today on Answers to Gospel Questions right off the bat. He says this. uh, Now, Habakkuk lives around the same time as as Jeremiah. The Babylonians are going to come in and and wipe out uh, Jerusalem. And this is what he says. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? Now, this is a pretty great question. And it's a question that maybe some of our listeners have have had before as they've dealt with difficult things uh, in their life. The difficult thing that that Habakkuk seems to be dealing with is that uh, the people around him are so wicked and it doesn't seem like anything terrible. It doesn't seem like they're experiencing any consequences for their wickedness. And um, so he's wondering, like, what am I even doing here as a prophet? I can imagine him thinking, what good am I doing? If people here, if if you're not backing me up on it, I'm telling them all this stuff's going to happen and you don't seem to be backing me up on any of this. It could be kind of frustrating. So what do we learn? What, what do we learn from Habakkuk's question and from the Lord's response to Habakkuk? I think we've all had that experience of praying to the Lord for help on this very important, serious issue and recognizing that the, that it seems at least that the Lord's response is way slower um, than we want, or even non-existent. Like we're just getting nothing. And that is a very normal question and an experience that we have on earth. And there's certainly great value in that apparently in the Lord's design and Habakkuk is very open with his question and verses two through four of chapter one, he kind of describes and goes on beyond what you quoted of him. Uh, but he even goes on to say like the law is slacked. Like what does the, that mean? Like there's, it's not being fulfilled, you know, like it's, it's uh, it's almost like it's worn out. Like we used to have this law and we could trust in these laws of God, but now they're not being fulfilled. It's kind of, it's uh, retired or it's, it's worn out, you know, or something. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's no, you know, judgments gone. Like there used to be righteous judgment. And now it's, now it's gone. The wicked are getting away with, with wickedness and the righteous are not being blessed for their righteousness. And so it seems really unfair uh, what's going on here. What follows is kind of a, the Lord's way of saying, look, the wicked are going to, get it. And the Lord uses the wicked even for his divine purposes. Um, And so 
that's going to happen. Like, and, but, but it's like Habakkuk is not satisfied with that answer. And so it's in verse 12, he kind of comes back, you know, and says, wait. And so verse 12 says, art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine holy one. Um, and, and so he's like, how can you even tolerate this wickedness, you know, and, and put up with this and, and not, and, and just delay action here on doing something. What's fascinating then is as chapter one ends and chapter two begins, you see uh, chapter two, verse one, Habakkuk is expecting a response from the Lord. Um, And so he says, and it's actually kind of funny. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he, God, will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So he's, I don't know, my interpretation of that is, is Habakkuk saying, all right, I've vented, I've told you what I felt. Okay, correct me. And um, it does sound like this has happened before. Like he's expecting a response from the Lord. He's been talking to the Lord. He expects to have, to learn something from his communication from God. And that's the, that's one of the things that I think we're learning from Habakkuk here is that even though he doesn't understand everything, and even though it almost sounds like he's criticizing or complaining against God, yet he's open to learning from God, and he's not complaining and criticizing to someone else. He's going straight to the source to talk right. to the source and then receive from the source. And I think that's something that we can all do no matter what the situation is. Um, we can tell the Lord honestly how we feel. It's not going to surprise him. There are so many other examples in scriptures of people doing this very same thing. Like Moses, for example, when he was um, didn't want to be called to deliver the children of Israel, didn't feel like he was qualified when he started to do it. It didn't go well. You know, he had all these kind of complaints, but he he directed those complaints or those concerns back to the Lord and then listened for the Lord's response and was willing to obey. And that seems to be what Habakkuk is doing here too. And so that's something that we can all do. I really like what the Lord tells him that is, is basically, I think what you're teaching brother wing too, is that uh, the Lord tells him in Habakkuk chapter two, verse four, that the just shall live by faith. Right. And so Habakkuk here is, is going to have to exercise some faith and in that, Things are going to work out. Things are, I mean, his mission is still valid. What the Lord's asked him to do is still valid, even though things aren't happening right when he feels like they they need to happen. Sometimes, I, I think it was Elder Bruce C. Hafen, he, he wrote a book. I think he wrote it along with his wife a while ago. It's a pretty good book. It's called uh, Faith is Not Blind. And he kind of explained it like um, he talked about uh, the simplicity that's on the other side of complexity and the way that this works, and it probably works with, with Habakkuk and it works like this way with us is when we're kids, we learn things like, well, God loves us and he blesses us. And that sounds super good to us. We're like, Oh, I get that. I, I know that. And then all of a sudden we're faced with a really hard circumstance. Like Habakkuk is like, I'm preaching to these people and nobody's repenting. It seems like the law isn't working. And all of a sudden everything that, he, that, you believed when you were a kid seems very complex now and strange. There's questions about it, but if we can be patient and faithful, it becomes simple again. There's, there's simplicity on the other side of that complex moment that we're in. And my, maybe the way I could describe it is I remember 
I remember years ago going to uh, the swimming pool in our in our community that we have, and I remember watching this kid. He had never jumped off a diving board in his life. I'm assuming because he stood on the edge of the low dive. This is not the high dive. He stood on the edge of the low dive for ever as his dad was like treading water, like right below him, raising his hands up right below the diving board. Say, hey, just jump to me. You're going to be fine. I mean, this, this little kid had gone to the pool all the time. I mean, it, it, it was totally had fun. Always looked forward to going to the pool, but now the pool had become really scary to him because he was unfamiliar. He was at the end of a diving board. It's the same water, same pool and everything, but, but it's a kind of a different situation. And he's looking at his dad uh, and his dad say, Hey, you're going to be all right. But he has to process in his mind, this complex situation. Eventually after all the kids were yelling at him to jump because they all wanted to turn to jump off the, the diving board as well. He eventually just kind of fell in the water his dad caught him, kind of they swam over to the side, and the kid was just laughing. He just thought that was the greatest thing in the world, and then he got right back in line, and he immediately jumped off the uh, the diving board. What took him a half hour, now it was like the, the funnest thing in his life. And so this complex situation uh, became simple again. What, what happens, though, if Habakkuk would have given up, if he would have just said, you know what? I'm out. This is dumb. I, I don't like how this is working out and, and let go of his faith. Then, then he wouldn't have seen the reward of that faith, which would come later for him. Yeah. The book of Mormon, we receive no witness until after the trial of our faith. And I think in this conversation, we're, especially when we're talking, there might be some listeners who are currently experiencing some super difficult and confusing trials and I don't want to make this sound like we're oversimplifying, you know, the thing and just, Hey, just have faith. Just talk yeah, to God. You know, <laughs> it'll work out. <laughs> this is they're they're very difficult, uh, complex situations and very painful, um, as well. Um, I think the point, um, uh, is that we can know that God knows and we can at least take comfort that here's someone that like Habakkuk might better understand what you're experiencing right now. Like he had some real trials and some real issues, you know, to, to face and grapple with. Um, and he, but he was over time, he talked to the Lord. And I think that's the cool story here. This, this poem, you know, of, of these three chapters, but at the end of chapter two, I mean, by the way, in the middle of chapter two, he learns that the wicked are miserable mm -hmm. and that they're going to suffer in shame for their, their trials. Like he, he learns this. Um, he also, it talks about false gods. It even says, woe, verse 19, woe unto him that saith unto wood, awake to the dumb stone, arise, <laughs> it shall teach. Like there's obviously a problem with false gods. And he's kind of recognizing like, almost like, where else are you going to go? Like, if you're not going to go to God who really can speak but maybe isn't right now, but there's a temptation to go to a false God and yeah. that would, that would make things worse. You know, yeah, I, I think that's what the, I mean, that seems to be the pattern throughout the whole Old Testament, right? The, the, a complex situation comes, Moses is up on a mountain and he hasn't come down for a while. We better make an idol, right? We, uh, and so when a complex or really difficult situation comes, we might look for understanding or comfort outside of God instead of faith. 
but tell everybody what Habakkuk does or the, yeah. or at least the counsel the Lord gives them. Right. And so it is, there is a point to be made though, that there, yes, that's a real temptation because this, there's a delay in God speaking or God doing mm-hmm. something. And so, but through that, if we can um, draw closer to God, instead of falsely accusing him, verse 20 says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Um, I don't want to overinterpret that, or uh, but I do think that there's a reverence here that we can understand about God. We can start to appreciate his silence, um, and we might keep or refrain our own uh, conclusions or accusations against him as we learn about him. So scriptures are going to help us to be more patient with, with, with a very difficult situation. Um, and to kind of soften our hearts to the wisdom of the Lord. And that's what I think happens then. Chapter three is called a, a prayer of Habakkuk. And he, it's it's all about the majesty of the Lord and his power and his glory and that he's full of grace and truth and that um, he has such great things to do. It's, it's very poetic and it's symbolic in describing this, but this is a prayer of Habakkuk, you know, to convey this. Almost it's, it appears it's even put into song form. Like these are lyrics to a song or a hymn. But Habakkuk has had an experience now. The Habakkuk you're seeing in chapter three is very different from the one in chapter one. But it's he's just gone through a process of talking to the Lord. But then what was the result over time? How much time passed between chapter one and chapter three? Yeah. We don't know, you know. Um, but we do know that the way that Habakkuk ends, he talks about in verse 17 that, you know, even though, even though bad things happen, things don't work out like we want all the time. Verse 18, chapter three, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. This is the faith that's then come in. I don't know what experiences Habakkuk had to lead him to this or how he noticed this or what choices he made to be faithful. And then through time, he saw some results and, um, but this, this sounds a lot like Nephi, you know, and he was struggling in second Nephi chapter four. And yet he kind of, uh, reminds and awakens his own faith and declarations of faith and uh, trust in the Lord. Uh, but this is the experience Habakkuk has, and that can be very, this is the way that scriptures can help us in our difficult experiences that we're facing right now. Awesome. You know, there just in conclusion that you read that word in verse 19, um, that the Lord will make our feet like hinds feet. You know what a hind is? Like a deer. It's a deer, right? And have you seen those, uh, like, it's amazing. The, the sure-footedness of some of these animals, right? The and a hind's feet of of um, what makes them so amazing is they can put their feet. These animals, like a like a deer or a mountain goat, when they people are just amazed that they hang out on the edges of cliffs and stuff like that, it's because they naturally uh, their back legs will go in the exact spot that their front legs were, and so people wonder like, how do they not slip off? Well, if you get your front legs in the right spot, your back legs are going to be put in the right spot and push you forward uh, so that you can walk in high places, like the Lord said. So and he can provide a, a balance and safety mm-hmm. in treacherous situations. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. Well, students, man, wasn't that awesome? That was a good time today on our podcast. You know what's an even better time is when you come to our institute classes in person. Then we can talk. We can look at you when we talk to you. So so sign up for an institute class. Um, institute classes are winding down for the semester, but we're going to have some coming up in January. And I'll add the link to uh, where you can just click on the link in the show notes and um, go to a website and see what classes Brother Wing and I are teaching. Or there's also online classes that you can take as well if, if, if none of ours fit in your schedule. But uh, that'll be awesome opportunity when you study the scriptures in groups, you get awesome, even more awesome insights. So keep reading the scriptures on your own. Come to our Institute class. Till next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous.